Welcome to our podcast, All Things Baptist. We desire to bring awareness to what we believe as Baptist, to engage the listener to understand different views of Baptist theology, and to help the listener know more about all things Baptist. This may be talking with pastors, leaders, missionaries, or just introducing some great Baptist of the past. We hope that it is a blessing and help to you. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Hello and welcome to All Things Baptist. The doc is in the house and he's coming up to Thanksgiving. So this, let me just give you explanation of what we're going to do. We're going to do this week, which is the week before Thanksgiving, and then we're going to take a, a week off for the holidays, for Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your family. And then after Thanksgiving, the week after, we'll probably do something on how to deal with the relatives that just annoyed the fire out of you. I don't know how that will relate to all things Baptist, but we'll try to tie no, Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. For me, it's one of my favorite holidays in America. And, and truly, if you know uh, holidays and different things celebrating it, Thanksgiving is a American. It is strictly an American holiday. And it's hard for Americans, as far as the worldly Americans, those that don't believe in God, it's hard for them to mess it up because it is built so strongly around just giving thanks for what God has done. So hope you have a great Thanksgiving. We're going to have a message from Dr. John O'Malley. Dr. John O'Malley surrendered to missions in 1975. I believe he was a teenager then. <laughs> And then uh, he got married in 1986. And then he and his wife were church planters in Grenada, West Indies. They planted a couple churches. And then he pastored for five years in Alabama. And in 1993, the Lord called the O'Malley's to serve with Worldwide New Testament Baptist Missions. It's located in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. He became the general director in 2006, and then in February of 2020, he became the president. And he and I were able to spend some time together uh, over the, the past week or so. And he preached a missions conference where I'm at Capital Baptist Church uh, for Pastor Moore. And then in March, he's going to be doing, he's coming back to Capital, and he'll be teaching for Independent Baptist Seminary. So in a couple of weeks when we get back, I'm interviewing him about that module in March. We sat and talked that through for hours. I just instructed him a lot. I don't know that he knew a lot about missions, but now he does. No, just kidding. But he knows a lot about missions, and I think it'll be enjoyable to learn a little bit about it. So, so he preached the missions conference out of John 4. The <clears throat> theme verse was, lift up your eyes and uh, see the fields. And so we're going to, the message that I'm playing, he preached on John chapter 4, and I think you'll like his take in regards to missions. 
So hopefully you enjoy this message by Dr. John O'Malley. And then in a couple of weeks after we get back from the Thanksgiving break, we will interview him about the Biblical Missions module hosted here in Dover, Delaware for Independent Baptist Seminary entitled Biblical Missions. John chapter 4, hopefully you found it by now. If you haven't, fake it, just go somewhere. There are no Bible police where we're going to come by and say, are they really on the page? John, right? We don't, right? Okay, good. Yeah, so it's like I went out there on a limb and then thought, what if they do? Like the camera zooms in to see if you're really on the page. No pressure. It's John 4, all right? What an incredible chapter John 4 is. So much is taking place, lessons of culture, lessons of history, lessons of gender, lessons of so many things to help us. And it's hard to say, well, which is the highlight? Is it the woman at the well? Or is it the fact that Jesus traveled so far? Or is it that he went to through a place that most people didn't want to go through? Is that the real story? Or is the real story, as Pastor picked the theme, is the real story... Where am I looking? What am I seeing? You say, well, what do you mean? Well, let's kind of jump in. I, maybe tomorrow night I'll read you the first 26 verses, but right here I want to start at 27. Verse 27, all the first 26 verses have to do with one woman who was at a well whom Jesus intentionally went to find. Realize this. There is no one insignificant in the eyes of God. You cannot bring the gospel to the wrong address. You say, well, her life was a mess. Tell me whose wasn't. Say, well, she she had issues. Yeah, so do you. I don't say that to be mean. I'm just saying it frankly. You know, you can dress up all churchy. And you still have a bunch of issues. The only place where we can have those issues resolved is at the feet of Christ. And here we are in his word, verse 27. Now, I've prolonged as long as I can. Again, John 4, just fake it. Here we go. Verse 27. And upon this, well, that indefinite article, this is like what? What this? The woman who was at the well. And then it says, upon this came his, referring to Jesus, disciples. And marveled that he talked with the woman. Was that, remember I said at the beginning, lessons of gender? She was startled that Jesus would even talk to her. There was lessons of religious diversity there because he was a Jew as she saw. And she was a Samaritan and there was no dealings with them. But yet he bridged all gaps. Why? Because the gospel is the bridge to every man's heart. Praise the, Lord. Amen. The, Bible said, uh, the Bible says, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? Now I can tell you in the church crowd, there are always going to be people. They don't say it out loud, but they're, why is he talking to her? We were the ones going to get him food, and now he's talking to her. Why is he talking to her? What does he need? We'll get him what he needs. And they were just, I know this is going to be a shock. They were judging. The church crowd judging. Can you imagine? 
that was a semi-humorous statement <laughs> at which you can laugh if so designated. 28. The woman then left her water pot. You know, it's our job to create water pot leaving moments where people hear the gospel and the first thing you'll want to do is run and tell people, Amen. I met Jesus today. Amen. Left her water pot and went her way into the city. Who, what is the city of the city would be Sychar. And saith, unto, saith to the men, that is to the men of that city, five of whom she knew well. Think about that. He said, go get your husband. She said, I have no husband. And he said, you're right. The one you're with is not your husband. And you've had five before this. So she knew at least five of the men. That was somewhat biblical humor. I shall now point out when it's humorous for the benefit of you. So she's saying to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. <laughs> Don't you think some of those guys were nervous? <laughs> everything? He told you everything you did? Yeah, come see him. So what happens? She said, is not this the Christ? Amen. Now, we don't usually see an article, the, before Christ, but you have to understand, she's referring to him in his role as the chosen one, the Messiah. So she's saying, the Messiah, I, I met him. What an incredible moment in her life where she forgot the very thing she was going for, the water, left her water pot, ran to town and said, I met Jesus. What a powerful truth. Keep going. You are the slowest readers I've ever met. <laughs> then, verse 30, then they went out of the city. Who are they? The, the men of the city. They went out of the city and came unto him. Now we have another parenthetical type event taking place here in verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. That was the very reason they went to town. But that was the very reason Jesus did not go to town, because he had someone to meet. They were on their mission. Keep, keep going with me, if you would, please. 32, he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Amen. Amen. Say, well, what does that mean? Right. He said, my satisfaction is coming from doing the will of my father. The things that satisfy me are my father's business. Therefore, 33, you're doing better now, reading faster. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, my meat, the things that satisfy me, right. is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What is the Father's work? It's the work of redemption. Going all the way back before time began, before the tick, first tick on the clock occurred, he was there in his heart and his mind, created a redemptive plan to reach all of humanity. He said, I got to finish my father's work. Said, well, what are you doing in Samaria if you're going to finish your father's work? Because the gospel Amen. has always been for everyone. It's never been restricted to just 
Jews or it's never been restricted just to Gentiles. The gospel is for everyone. Even, you say, well, even in the Old Testament, yes, if they came and said they believed, they were part of it. It's always been by faith. Salvation has always been by faith. Available to all. All right, you're never going to make your deadline if we don't start to preach soon. 35. Here's where pastor chose this verse. Because some of you are thinking, wow, what a statement. Lift up your eyes. He borrowed it from the Bible. Amen. <laughs> All right, John 4, verse 35. This is Christ speaking. He says, say not ye. So if Christ is repeating what the disciples are saying, that means he listens to everything we have to say. Right. He listens. So he said, say not ye. Now, whether this is a cultural expression exact to that region, or whether this is a broader statement that's maybe not known in history, but this, or maybe it was just words that the disciples used themselves, saying, they're looking at the harvest and saying, yeah, it's probably going to be about four months, then comes harvest. Here's where we are, 30, 35. There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. That's what you all say. Now, watch the next word, behold. So now he's saying, but watch what I'm going to say. You're saying this. Right. Now I have something to say. Amen. Well, when the Messiah has something to say, Amen. it's worthy of our consideration. It means that we could clearly miss what he's pointing out with his words. So he stopped and said, behold, right. look here. Pay attention to what I'm going to say. You say this, right. here's what I have to say. Lift up your eyes. Amen. Well, Brother O'Malley, you think their eyes were open? Well, they walked to town, bought food, walked back out. So, were their eyes open or they just kind of, what's the past tense of winged it? Winged it? Wung it? Something? Wang it, whatever. How or what's the word? Wang, Wang it. Yeah, well, now I know clearly it's not the word. <laughs> they, they winged it. No. They had their eyes open. They walked. They talked. They saw. They, could, they talked about the harvest. They were clearly, their eyes were open. They're saying, oh, wait a minute now. Does the Bible have an error? perish the thought. We don't, we don't believe that. We believe the Bible is true. So if their eyes were not open, why did he say lift up your eyes? Because sometimes we're looking at the wrong stuff. We're not looking in the right place. Well, if you're a mom, then you'll understand this. If you're a mom and, and raised a boy or in some way, Maybe girls too. I, I don't know. I only have experience with, we have one son, so that's my experience. But have you ever told your child, go to your room and find this? Your mother is laughing. Why? Because guys can't find stuff without professional help. It's as if we would stand at the doorway and call it to come out to us. 
So Christ is telling them, you're seeing stuff, but you're not seeing the stuff I see. Wow. Think about this. A whole town is going to hear from Christ, and many in the town will turn to Christ. And they were just in that town, and all they did was business. I have a question. Ever gone and done your business and never saw a soul around you? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. We can move throughout the community and never see people. But we'll get this incredible passion for the deaf in Philadelphia. Why? Because they're a little further away. We, we don't have to be confronted with them. So we're doing business in Sychar. Sychar was the name of the town. Right. We're doing business in Sychar. We're transacting. We're rushing to go see Jesus at church. And then what? Behold, Christ, I say unto you, Amen. lift up your eyes. Let me finish reading the verse and maybe figure out a place to start preaching here. And the funny thing is, is that you thought I was joking. <laughs> say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look. That's the mom telling the kid. Go in there and find that. I, I can't see that. Look. It's amazing how visual the harvest is. If you think about it, look, look at all the visual type words. Behold, so that's a visual. I say unto you, lift up your eyes. That's visual. Look on the fields. That's visual. They are white. That's visual. Everything about the harvest is connected to what we're looking at. Sorry, I ended with a preposition. I didn't intend to, but I got all the way through that sentence, and then I only had a preposition to work with. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you say, what are you talking about? It's all right. <laughs> the seminary guys here, I'm trying to hit the high mark, you know? Some of you are saying, well, what was wrong with that? It's later. When I see what Christ is saying, there's a whole lot more to missions than just money. Amen. It's do I see it like he sees it. And that's kind of where I want to start tonight. And give you three very basic, simple thoughts to grab. Now, you have a whole page dedicated to Sermon Numero Uno. So use your booklet and write something down. If not, just draw a picture of me with hair and show me after the service. <laughs> or pastor, when we go to the same place. <laughs> you notice every funny statement I said they ignore, except that one. But 
maybe write the question right across the top of the page. Do I see the harvest like Jesus? Do I see the harvest like Jesus? I think there are three, three things I want you to think about tonight with me. Just one, two, and three. Very simple. Number one, where I stand has much to do with what I see. Amen. He said, behold, I see unto you. Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They're white unto harvest. They just came out of the same town that's going to turn to Christ in an unbelievable evangelistic campaign. People are going to come to Christ, and he, they're not seeing it. Why not? Where we stand has much to do with what we see. I want to imagine too much here. But they were in Sychar, they're coming back, they see the woman, they're trying to feed him, and he saw what was coming. And he saw what they missed. Right. I think the closer we stand Amen. with Christ, Amen. we'll better understand his mission. Right. His mission, this, this incredible journey that he made, where most people wouldn't go straight from Jerusalem to where he went, but rather they would cross. Now here's a term that you would understand from today's news. They would cross the west bank of Jordan, go up the east side, and cross back over, rather than travel straight through, but not Christ. He had souls on his heart. And I think the closer we stand to Christ, the more likely we are to better understand his mission. Amen. That is if we're keeping our eyes on him. Right. Lift up your eyes. Well, you say, well, if it has to do with where I'm standing. Where were they standing? Well, they were in a tough cultural location. Fair enough, right? right? It was tough culturally. Right. Economically, they're transacting people, business with people who they don't even trust. Right. They were in a tough physical situation. The town they just left, there's a whole crowd of people coming out. Right. They were standing in a tough spiritual situation. Right. You see, where you stand has much to do with what you see. Amen. There were an accident or something that was occurring in our society or culture. And an accident takes place and we look out and we watch it. If I'm standing here looking through that window, I can see the accident. From my perspective. There's no other windows. So none of y'all are going to see this imaginary accident that, are, that is here. And I look and say, okay, well, that's my perspective. Well, you probably could. Can you see the imaginary accident? Don't lie, you're in church. So, so you have a perspective, and I have a perspective. But if I'm standing next to Christ, I'm going to see it the way he sees it every single time. Amen. Where I stand. Number two. You see how quick this is going to go? If you listen fast. How I feel has much to do with what I see. Right. So what do you mean how I feel? Well, consider the fact they had the distraction of their fears of being in Samaria. They had the distraction of 
the Christian fellowship to say is now interrupted by some Samaritan woman and the whole town is coming out here and we were just going to have time with Christ and now look what happens. They had this distraction of human frustrations because they came out, they brought the food to Jesus, he didn't want it. Why, he had other meat to eat that they didn't know anything about. How you feel definitely affects what you see. The big one, hunger. How many of you know what it truly means to be hungry? Say, stop talking about it. Yeah, the three skinny people in the church raised their hand. I know what it is to be hungry. Whatever. Genuinely hungry. When you, let's just talk about John for a second. When John is hungry, nothing else gets through until we feed John. Then it's better. I, you've heard the term hangry. Some of you are pointing. Don't point. This. This is what I'm talking about. They had hunger. They had frustration. They were tired. They wanted to be with Jesus. And everything else around them is frustrating them. And he said, hey, behold, I say to you, it's not about some material harvest of agriculture. I want you to see what I see. Well, you better stand with him. And you better feel for the souls of men as he Amen. feels. We were just coming out of COVID and I was on a flight from Charlotte, North Carolina to Cleveland, Ohio. So we were just at the place where masks had been removed on airlines. But we'd gone through this long season of everybody was wearing them. I got on the plane and it was one of those late afternoon flights. I'm going to get to the airport. I have it timed out exactly. I'm going to be at the service at 7. I'm going to land at 3.30. I'm going to get there. It's all wet mapped out. And everything got messed up when I sat down next to the guy who isn't wearing a mask. And he looked over and interrupted my plan. He said, bear with me, hello. It's like, wait a minute, we wear masks. We don't look at each other. We don't talk to each other. We don't smile. And you're going to start this thing out with hello? I'm just barely getting used to me being on the plane, getting ready to go, getting ready to go preach all this. I just, and he said, hello. You know what I said? Hello. <laughs> he was Jehovah's Witness, and he wanted to open up a gospel conversation from his view of the gospel. And I am the independent Baptist preacher sitting beside him. Amen. And I am ill prepared for that conversation emotionally, mentally. You say, well, boy, you are so sorry. I know. Just like you. <laughs> We've all been there. You understand. There's empathy here because, and we went through the conversation. He's given me material. He's got another. It's like, all I'm trying to do is get to the church in Cleveland and preach. And he's hitting me with all this Jehovah's Witness stuff. Oh, I was so frustrated with myself. Went to the meeting that night. I preached, but preacher inside, I was ashamed. I wasn't ready. I was ill-prepared. I had no literature, nothing. 
I get on, finish the meeting, come home, fly home Monday morning. Do you know who was on the same flight with me? I was ready. I was loaded for bear. I was, and we were not sitting beside each other, but as soon as that plane took off and I was free to move about the cabin, I went to his seat. I said, do you remember me the other day? I am so sorry. I wanted to give you material. I did, you, you handed me so much stuff. Let me hand you this. And I'm loading it down and I'm talking to him standing in the aisle because I didn't have the right emotional context to witness to him. I was busy. I did business in Sychar. And I didn't do business spiritually. Oh, but he remembered me. <laughs> he didn't trust Christ. It was The level of his engagement in the Jehovah's Witness was so strong. But he left with a clear presentation of the gospel. How I feel has a lot to do with what I see. Number three. Amen. Who we are with. Has a lot to do. With what we see. Right. Who we are with. Or whom we are with. Has a lot to do with what we see. Well who are they with? Judas the hypocrite. Sons of thunder. James and John. Peter the overreactor. Thomas the recovering doubter. They're all together. And when you get one negative spirit in the church about missions or about reaching people, what happens? It spreads. So what do we have to do? We have to realize, who am I with? How do I feel? What, where am I standing? Because all of these have a direct relationship to the four words, lift up your eyes. Why do we have this meeting? So God can work in our heart Amen. to lift up our eyes. Right. Who I'm with, if you're next to a negative Nelly, please tell me we have no one named Nelly in the church. <laughs> Let's just imagine, no. If you're sitting next to the negative Nelly in church and she's all down on missions, scoot over, sit somewhere else the next night. <laughs> Husbands are getting up, leaving their wives. This is not what I meant. Who you're with, how you feel, where you're standing. Amen. The question then becomes, God, let me stand where you want me to stand so I can see what you want me to see. Amen. Help me to resolve my emotional feelings so I feel the same way about the harvest as you feel. Right. And God, let me stand with the right people so I can get the view of what you want me to see. This is the spirit of missions. Would you stand with me? We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.